0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: Dr. Michael Youssef.
0: If Adam and Eve broke the Ten Commandments, if you say the patriarchs broke the Ten Commandments, what chance of us, a natural man, or any man, or any woman, anywhere in the world, of keeping them? You want to know the answer? Zilch! Well, 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 Michael, then, if that's the case... Why bother with them? Why keep them before the forefront of our children? Why keep them in the forefront of our generation? Why?
1: Relevant and pointed questions to begin another week of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. The Ten Commandments. Stone tablets given to Moses thousands of years ago and still changing lives in 2020. Dr. Yusuf digs deeper into these in his new series beginning today. Right now, here's Dr. Yusuf with an engaging message. He's called, Why Aren't They Called the Ten Suggestions?
0: The Supreme Court voted five to four, a very slim majority, to remove the Ten Commandments from the walls of a school in Kentucky. And the court reasoning was that the children's constitutional right had been. Assaulted by the presence of the Ten Commandments. The court said in effect that the Ten Commandments' public presence could be, and I quote, induce the school children to read, meditate upon, or perhaps venerate and obey the commandments. End of quote. But I want to tell you something. The court is right. The court is right. In this regard. <laughs> Even... The passive display of the Ten Commandments can cause people to change their behavior. So the court is right. The court is right. Even the passive display can cause people to change their behavior. But I'll tell you something that is probably sad for me as a, a preacher and a pastor and as a Christian. And it is this. That we can say all we want to say about the courts and what they have done to this nation. But there are very few Christians who know the Ten Commandments. That's the sad part. And I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. And I hope that from now on that you'll read them on a regular basis. That you'll teach them to your children. That you keep teaching it to them to the point of memorizing them. Growing up in a non-Christian culture. We were forced to memorize, among other things, the Ten Commandments. Because we knew that without a rudder, that without a compass, our life is in danger. And I can tell you without any hesitation, that any culture, any nation, any society, that loses its moral compass, no matter how good the economy may be, that culture... And that nation is on the decline. But the $10 million question for most Christians is this. If we cannot be saved by keeping the Ten Commandments, because nobody can ever perfectly keep the Ten Commandments, and in order to be saved, you have to keep them perfectly day in and day out. And if we can't do it, therefore we cannot be saved, then why are we so hot and bothered about displaying the Ten Commandments? Why do we make such an issue of the Ten Commandments? Why do we have to hold them up for our children and for our generation and for every subsequent generation when eternal life is not possible through the Ten Commandments? Now, I want you to listen to what John Bunyan said. And if you're taking notes, write this down. John Bunyan said, The man who does not know the nature of the law does not know the nature of sin. And the man who does not know the nature of sin, does not know the nature of the Savior. What is he saying here? He's saying that because the Ten Commandments were given to us directly from God, they reflect His divine character. Because the Ten Commandments are given to us directly from God, And therefore, they are going to be a constant reminder for every one of us that we are lawbreakers. And that we deserve judgment. Because the Ten Commandments come directly from God. They are going to tell us that every time we break one of those commandments, that we are committing an offense against a holy and righteous God. Because the Ten Commandments come directly from God. They will remind us of God, not only as our grace giver, but as our judge. And that is why they don't like them on display. Because it's going to remind them not only being lawbreakers... But they're going to be judged by God on that dreadful day of judgment. In fact, the Ten Commandments existed in the mind of God well before He gave them to Moses. God operated on the basis of the Ten Commandments those thousands of years before Moses ever received them on Mount Sinai. Let me give you a chapter and verse. Cain committed murder. He broke the what commandment? Cain broke the sixth commandment. When he killed his brother. And he was condemned by God. Thousands of years before the commandments were given to Moses. Noah's son, Ham, despised his father. So he broke the what commandment? The fifth commandment. And he was cursed. Thousands of years before the commandments were given to Moses. The Sodomites were condemned as adulterers and perverts. And their city was burned to the ground because they broke the what commandment? The seventh commandment. Hundreds of years before the commandments were given to Moses. Rachel was condemned as a thief in Genesis 31. Abraham was condemned as a liar in Genesis chapter 20. Lot's wife was condemned as a covetous person in Genesis 19. And that is why Paul... can. Say to the Romans in chapter 2 verse 15. He said from the very beginning the law of God is written upon the hearts of men. From the very beginning of creation. In fact God's moral law go back all the way to the garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve became disobedient to the voice and to the word and to the command of God. They broke just about every one of the ten commandments. They stole what is not theirs. They coveted What was not theirs, they worshipped another God and on and on. Thus, they brought a curse, not only upon themselves, but all of their descendants. And you and me. And every human being that has ever lived. Well, some of you might be saying, well, Michael, 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 let let me see if I can understand this. If Adam and Eve broke the Ten Commandments. If you say the patriarchs broke the Ten Commandments. What chance of us, a natural man, or any man, or any woman, anywhere in the world, of keeping them? What chance do we have in this 21st century of keeping the commandments? When all these greats have broke them. Do you want to know the answer? Zilch! No human being can ever keep them perfectly. Well, 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 Michael, then, <laughs> if that's the case... <laughs> Why bother with them? Why keep them at all? Why keep them at the forefront of our culture? Why keep them before the forefront of our children? Why keep them in the forefront of, of our generation? Why? Well, I want to answer the question, but not right now. I'm going to let you kind of keep waiting for it. I want you to listen first to what Jesus said about the moral law, the Ten Commandments. Here's what he said. Matthew five eighteen. He said, I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. That's what he said. In fact, Paul asked a rhetorical question in the book of Romans when it comes to the Ten Commandments. In Romans 3.31, he said, do we nullify the law by this faith? He says, not at all. Rather, we Would uphold the law. But the question remains. If we cannot be saved. Because we cannot perfectly keep the law. Then why bother with the law at all? If salvation is by grace alone. Then why the ten commandments? I'm getting closer. I'm not going to answer it yet. But I'm getting closer. (laughs) First you must understand. That salvation was. Is and always will be by grace alone. In the Old Testament, salvation by grace alone. In the New Testament, salvation by grace alone. But what the Ten Commandments do for us today is that they not only show us that we are lawbreakers by birth. That we are lawbreakers by practice. But they will drive us to Christ. Christ. They will drive us to the only one who kept the Ten Commandments perfectly day in and day out all of his life. Never broke one of them. And only when I know that I am a lawbreaker. And nothing awaits me but the judgment of God. Do I become desperate for the grace of God. That can only be possible through his Son, the perfect God, man, and I come to him in repentance and in faith, seeking his forgiveness with all of my heart. Beloved, I want to tell you something. As long as you think you're okay, you're a fine, upstanding gentleman or an upstanding lady, whatever you might think, I'm fine, I've not done anything really bad, bad, bad like other people. As long as you think that way, you will never be saved. You'll never be saved. You will never escape the eternal judgment that is coming upon every one of us. And when Christ comes into my life, when I receive his forgiveness, he will empower me to keep the Ten Commandments. His Holy Spirit will dwell in me. And no longer I have to try harder, but I will be empowered by his Holy Spirit to keep his commandments. You say, well, how come in the Old Testament they got saved by grace? I'm going to show you how. Have you got your Bibles on Exodus 20 yet? Look, what what does he say before the commandments come? Verse 1, what does it say? I am the Lord your God who did what? Who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Did Israel have to keep the Ten Commandments? (laughs) as a condition for their deliverance from slavery, as a condition for their deliverance from bondage? Did they? No. In fact, if their salvation from the slavery and the bondage of Egypt was dependent on them keeping the Ten Commandments, today they would still be knee-deep in Egyptian mud. Truly. But it was after their salvation... After their deliverance, that God revealed himself to them. And he says, now that I have saved you, now that I have redeemed you, now that I have rescued you, now that I have graced you, now that I have poured my mercy into you, now that I have done for you what you could never do for yourself, therefore, live as a people who belong to me. And by the way, this is my standards. This is my character. This is my absolutes. In the same way today, the Ten Commandments remind the person who is without Christ that he or she is a lawbreaker, just like every one of us who know Christ today have come to that realization at some point in our lives. They know that when they, because they are lawbreakers, therefore they are under judgment. Because they have offended a holy God, and so only when they become so desperate in that knowledge that they are lawbreakers and that there is no hope for them, there is no way out for them, other than coming to Jesus Christ and seeking His forgiveness and receiving salvation and eternal life as a gift, will they come to Christ? And no, that is not their efforts. Not they're trying hard. Only when they come, only when I came to that day in my life and realizing that I cannot save myself. I cannot be accepted to God based on my own merits. Because every little bit of good thing that I've ever done is like a filthy rag in God's sight. You know, the problem in America, we have so many cultural Christians in the churches. And because people preach false gospel, they said, if you want joy, you want peace, you want prosperity, you want all the good things, you know, come to Jesus, he's going to give them to you, blah, 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 blah. Well, they come to Jesus and then they face problems. What do they do? They back out in the world. And then he said, well, you know, you, you may not have tried really hard. But you may not have been sincere when you prayed the sinner's prayer. Just be sincere. So you sincerely try again. And true. you, you try harder. And you grit your teeth and you pull yourself by your bootstraps and you try. Oh, I'm sincere. I'm sincere. I really am sincere this time. So 500 times later you've been sincere. And you've been sincerely wrong. Until an individual... Come to the point of realization that he or she is an offender to God, to a holy God. And recognize that there is no way of being reconciled to God other than through the shed blood of his son. That person's heart is not regenerated. And therefore he or she is not saved. And it's after the person comes to this point in his or her life. They receive the grace of God. Because become saved by grace alone. And after that God says. Now that I have redeemed you from sin. Now that you understand. Now that you have been saved. From the misery of guilt of of this life. Now that you have been forgiven. Not only your sins. But the consequences of your sins. Now you have been forgiven. Not only for breaking the law. Now that I have rescued you from hell. Now. Now. I'm going to empower you to keep my laws. You know the modern day heresy that is really sweeping across the church with tragic consequences. That they think, well, you know, salvation is by grace. Therefore, I can live any which way I want. So I can live like the devil for the whole week and then go to church, not an acquaintance to the Almighty God, and think I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm going to make it. Beloved, that's a deception. That's a deception. That's a deception. I want to give you a rule of thumb. Here's a rule of thumb. The person who says this is not saved. The person who says this, heart is not regenerated. He or she may be cultural Christian. He or she may be a member of a church. He or she may be a deacon or a priest or an elder in the church, but they are not saved from hell. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Some people glibly would say, you know, I just don't have to worry about all these ten commandments. All I need to do is just remember what Jesus said, that to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself and be done with it. (laughs) How foolish. How foolish they don't understand that these two commandments of loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul and loving your neighbor as yourself are basically the summary of the ten commandments. That the first one summarizes the first four commandments and the second one summarizes the next six commandments. Because if you're gonna love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, you're gonna stop that self-worship. You're not gonna take his name in vain. You will not deliberately ignore his Sabbath. And if you love your neighbor truly as you do love yourself, then you will honor your parents. You're not going to hate people. You're not going to cheat on your spouse. You're not going to lie. You're not going to covet what belongs to somebody else. You see, that's it. Loving the Lord with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself is basically a summary of the Ten Commandments. And here's the problem. The problem we're facing in our society today is that we have judges on the benches who are committed to not reminding the nation and the culture and society at large that they are lawbreakers. They don't want to remind them of that. They don't want to remind them that they desperately need a way out. And so they order the removing. Of the Ten Commandments from schools, courts, public places. You know, these judges think that man is very good. The man is not sinful. Man is not depraved. He's very good. In fact, with some secular education, he'll become perfect. (laughs) I have news for you, Mr. Judges. History disproved this fallacy. Many of Hitler's... Henchmen had PhDs. You see, you can be a barbarian with a PhD after your name. Don't look at me. (laughs) On the other hand, God's moral law can accomplish what education could never accomplish. God's moral law keeps depravity in check. God's moral law warns people against wickedness. God's moral law discourages even the most evil person. God's moral law would drive people to Christ. The law itself will never save you. The law itself does not give you eternal life. The law itself does not have the power to transform your sinful nature into that of Christ's. But what the law does, it exposes sin. And you know when sin is exposed, you can do one of two things with it. You can say, I'm going to live in it. It's fine. Even if I know I'm a lawbreaker, if I know I'm a sinner, I'm going to go receive the judgment of God one day. I don't care. I'm going to stay in sin. But then there's another way when sin is exposed that you can deal with. You can come to Him, the perfect, sinless, righteous, holy God, man, Jesus Christ. And say, forgive me, for I have sinned against you. I have been a lawbreaker all my life. And there is no way out other than coming to you, my Savior. You can live with your sin and ignore the consequences. Or you can repent of it and receive eternal life. What would you do?
1: You're listening to Leading the Way, the Bible teaching ministry of Dr. Michael Yusuf. Would you like to learn more about what it means to live as a Christian? A great place to start is by visiting ltw.org Jesus. ltw.org Jesus. Well, that music's my cue that we're out of time. But please join Dr. Michael Yusuf again next time for more Leading the Way. Hello, my friends. Just
0: a quick reminder that in addition to listening to this radio broadcast, Leading the Way also produces compelling television programs seen in this area, just like we do on radio. We dig deep into the truth of the Word of God, and unfold it to make it practical for daily living. If you've been encouraged by listening today, check your local television listing and watch Leading the Way television. Find out where to watch in your area
1: when you visit ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth.